Now, let's do this. We're gonna start this right now. Welcome to Train Effective. This is Train Effective Live. So let's get going. Usually what I do in these things is do a webinar, but um, I think what we'll do today is, is, really, is really get to your questions and that's what I wanna do. So let's make it happen. Let's go. Let's do this. And let's get some energy going. 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes maybe, max. But we gotta get it going right now. So we live, we live. What's up, uh, blogging guru? I'm just gonna give a couple of shout outs. Blogging guru, um, D2 Wavy, uh, Neymar, all you guys, what's up, what's up, what's up, Arman, what's up? First question goes from I Nan. how to outwork everyone. Now, this is something that I touched on a little bit last week uh, with the with the 1% Mentality podcast. If you have not listened to the 1% Mentality podcast, I urge you to do so. It, it's, uh, it's an episode just published about a week ago, um, and it's all about the 1% Mentality. What, what makes top performers, what makes that difference for you to get at the very top level? It's about having that 1% Mentality. And a big part of that 1% Mentality is outworking everyone is being the hardest worker that you know. So how do you outwork everyone? It's really simple. It's so simple. And I preach it so much. Listen, your name is uh, Arman. Arman. Ainan. Ainan. How do you work out everyone? Outwork everyone? The answer is simple. You got 168 hours a week. Okay. 24 hours times seven. That's 168 hours a week to do whatever you want. Now, you're going to be sleeping about eight hours a day on average, maybe nine, but let's say something between eight and nine hours on average. So that's that's going to be your 68 hours, right? Do uh, nine times, eight and a half times seven, nine times seven days. That's about 63 and then you add on about five hours to that to do, you know, showering, going to the toilet, eating, things like that. What do you have? 63 for sleeping plus five to 10 for, uh, for other things like that. Well, you have about 100 hours a week, 95 to 100 hours a week. You have 95 to 100 hours a week to do whatever you want with good sleep. Think about it for a second. 100 hours per week. And how do you outwork everyone? <laughs> well, how many hours are you spending for school or for work? Maybe 40 hours a week, max? That's if you're using it productively because let's be honest, most of the hours spent at work or most of the hours spent at school is freaking waste because you're not even paying attention. I guarantee you that for most people, maybe five to 10 hours of that time in school, max is actually time spent focusing and actually being productive during those, during those 40 hours, 25% of that max. So when you actually really do 40 hours of work and really concentrate and to get your schoolwork or your work done, listen, you're going to be getting A's, straight A's. You're going to be, you're going to be flying in work if you really concentrate. So, but let's say you, you are concentrating, you're killing it at work, 40 hours a week, 40 minus 100 hours. You've got 60 hours left to do whatever you want. Now, the hardest worker in your team might train and play 10 hours a week. 
10 hours a week. Um, someone in a team better than you playing in a different level. Yeah. One of the, one of the best players maybe in, in the city, let's say might be training 15 hours a week, maybe 20 hours a week, a professional, all right. Someone who's really striving to make it to the next level. When I have conversations, when I've been doing it myself, I, I look at these people around that come to in residence program, the ones that really, really want it, they're, they're physically training, physically uh, doing something with their skills and, and learning about 20 to 25 hours a week. Okay. That's for the top performers. So what do I think about this? Well, you got 60 hours left after school and work and all that. Um, you take away 25 hours to be the absolute, you know, best, that hardest worker, outwork everyone, outwork everyone that you know, you're working 25 hours a week on football, which is a lot, by the way, it's four hours a day. All right. Three to four hours a day. So you're outworking everyone. You still have 35 hours a week to do whatever you want. Boom. That's how you work. That's how you outwork everyone. That is a secret. It's simple as that. It's about how many hours do you put in? How many hours are you grafting? And when you do those hours, are you doing it with focus, with deliberate focus, with really putting your mind? I got a question today on a DM. One of the people said, um, hey, Nick, can I wear earphones when I'm working out? Like, can I listen to music when I'm working out? It's completely fine to work out and listen to music, but that question, asking it in itself, says something about that person. It says, by asking that question, it's almost like you, you need that music to be motivated to go work out. That's how, I, that's how I understand it. That's how I comprehend that question. So are you using that music to go to the gym and stuff? And is that music giving you a boost to really put in every hour with immense focus and that music is just helping you get in the zone? Or is that music just something there to distract you from actually doing the work, to actually doing the reps, from actually doing the freaking pull-ups and the sit-ups and the, and the squats? I'm doing squats right now. I'm doing squats right now. So that's what you've got to ask yourself as well. So boom, I hope that asks, answers the question. Amen. All right. Next question goes like this. It's not even a question. Kevin Doe, Dodadge 77. He says, coronavirus is dangerous. It is. It is dangerous. But this is what I'm saying about, let, let me tell you something about coronavirus. For people that love to talk about the coronavirus and it's dangerous and, you know, it's going to kill everyone or whatever. I, I don't know what you guys are thinking about coronavirus, but this is my take on it. Okay. This is at Nick Humph's take on it. This is not train effectives view, but this is how I take it. For those of you guys that keep thinking, keep talking about coronavirus, you guys are lazy. You're lazy because the coronavirus, listen, you're only lazy, by the way, if 
you're listening or watching this podcast, watching on Instagram live, and you really want to be the best and you really want to make it to the next level. Okay. And, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. If that's, if that's really why your intention is, is here and that's what you want to do. And that's your goal. Then if you're talking about the coronavirus out of context, you're lazy. Like if it's in your mind, you're lazy because in the bigger scheme of things, the coronavirus is, is just media uh, hype. It's media speculation. It's media. Uh, more people die of, of the regular flu every, every day, every year. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, you know, the coronavirus in developed countries is just an excuse to talk about something else and distract you. So there's my little thing about coronavirus. Um, if you have coronavirus or you know someone of coronavirus, I wish you the best of luck in your recovery. Um, if you're healthy, you're probably going to be fine. Let's do this. Let's do this. Here's the next one. The next one. The next one. We've got lots of questions going on right now. I'm just, I'm just reading through some of them. What is it? Oh, okay. Here we go. This is interesting. <clears throat> Alex uh, Haspel asks, what is obsession in football? Wow. Obsession. Great question. What is obsession in football? Well, let's define what obsession is. Obsession is something that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you think about is football or your training or your goal for the day. You're, 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 you're obsessed with reaching this goal in your mind, this, this target that you have. Obsession. Um, so what is obsession in football? That's obsession. Question answered. <laughs> it's something that you can't, you can't, um, you just can't think about. You, you don't, you don't think about anything else except that that's obsession. Um, it's on your mind in every free moment, waking moment, you're obsessed with your goal, your idea, your, your, your thing that you want to bring to the world, whether it's you becoming a footballer, you creating a business or being a musician or whatever, that's obsession. So that's how I define it. Now let's go to the next one. <laughs> Is Connor Parsons signing with you guys? <laughs> Um, if you guys don't know who Connor Parsons is, Connor Parsons is a ex Norwich player, Norwich city player, played for the Norwich Academy, um, came to the train effective house not long ago. Uh, and you guys might've seen pictures of, of him training with us. Uh, we have a question here where Jay Stapleson is asking, is Connor per per Parsons signing with train effective? We'll wait and see. It might be no though, but it might be yes but you might have to wait and see. <laughs> Give that man a follow, by the way. He's, um, he's, a, he's a good guy. I like him. I like him a lot. Um, next question. I'm trying to look for a good question that you guys will get a lot of value from. So I'm just reading them right now. I'm just... I'm just going, what should I focus on in the gym? Nick says D2 wavy. It's very simple in the gym. 
you basically have two options, right? Either you do the exercises that build on mass. Okay. Like mass, like, like size, like boom, you want to, you want to have the biggest biceps in the world. You want to have the biggest chest in the world. You want your booty to look fresh. Um, that's building, building mass. The other way you can go is functionality is functional for a footballer. Yes. Some mass is important. Um, you do want some muscle mass. So if you are just getting started in the gym and you're maybe 18 years old, um, I'm going to take an 18 year old as an example, cause you look 18 D2 wavy. So you're 18 years old, 17 years old. You want to start building mass, go to the gym, uh, build that mass, do a weights program. Um, and build on that, you know, three to five to 10 kilograms of muscle mass, uh, depending on your body weight. And once you got that, it's a good, good mass, great thing to have. But the next step is functionality is functional strength is using that mass, using your body and the, the muscles you, you've built in an effective manner. That's football specific because there's no use in doing heavy, heavy squats. If it has no use in you kicking, kicking a football with more power the right way. But in order to do that, you need to be doing exercises that are great for functional strength and not mass functional. This is very, very key. If you want to become a fundamentally better, stronger footballer that is not slowed down by building ridiculous amount of muscle, which you do not need period. We got to geez. Uh, Baltimore stepper says I am having struggles with confidence when I'm playing with players that are in the same level as me and even higher. Great question. Um, this is maybe one of the number top three questions that we get on train effective is about confidence. Uh, and for a lot of young players, young kids out there, um, confidence is just part of growing up on how you get that confidence growing up to go out there and do things. Uh, guys, for me, I used to be a very, um, shy kid. I was uh, the youngest in the family. Uh, my brothers were much, much older than me. So sometimes a lot of the time I was alone. And, um, so in terms of speaking and I don't know, things like that, I'd actually keep a lot of the time to my, to myself and kind of be independent. And, um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's how I was. So I was never extroverted from the, from the get go. And a lot of extroverted people also have, um, a decent level of, of confidence in their lives, but I was shy. Um, was I confident? I was, I was not unconfident, but I was, was I really, really confident? Mm, I don't think so. So how do you develop that confidence, especially in football? Cause I remember when I went to my first tryouts, when I was nine, 10 years old, I was unconfident. I, you know, I wasn't that player that would be willing to always take risks on the ball and try things. I was more the guy that instead of, would take, instead of take a shot on goal, I would pass it to someone next to me. So they'd shoot. So that's the kind of player I was. So how did I get out of that? Well, it's just first realizing that, and this is going to be harsh. So don't scroll. All right. 
But for the for the people listening on Instagram Live right now, this is going to come to a shock to you. You're going to die. You're not going to be here one day. You you will be ashes one day. You will not be a living, functioning human being. And I know that's kind of a shock for a lot of you to take, which is good because I want to try and put this in your system. Is um and and really, really understand, guys. That if you understand that the players that you're playing with now, the things that you're that's going on in your life, listen, 99% of the people that you're playing with right now, you're not going to see in 10 years or five years or maybe even three years. Um, the things that you care about now, you're not going to care about them in five, 10 years, 15 years. Things always change. And that's why it's important to take that moment that you have now and understand that life is short. Your time in football as well is short. You know, you probably can't play properly when you're 96 years old. So you have to take that moment that you have now where you're in your prime age to recover, to dribble, to score, to do everything that you want to do. And if you just realize that, listen, one day you're not going to have that gift anymore that you have now to just think that you want to take every piece of your energy and your soul and your, your thing, your, your ability, you want to put it out there in the world and just breathe in, breathe it in, right? Breathe it in, breathe everything I just told you and think to yourself, I might never get this moment again. I might regret not taking more chances in 40 or 50 years. I don't want to be 65 years old. And think to myself, when I was 15, I was so shy and timid. Why didn't I just take risks on the pitch? I mean, those guys that I played with, I'm, I, don't, I, haven't even, I haven't seen most of them in 56 years. So take risks. Go do it. Because if I look back to when I was 13 years old, 14 years old, I don't see those players anymore. But I think to myself, yeah, I should have taken more shots. Sometimes maybe I should have taken more dribbles. And if I lost the ball... That's how it goes. But a confident player is a player that is not afraid to take risks. And if you want to be a confident player, you've got to take risks. And you've got to just understand that it's not so bad if you lose a ball. It's not so bad if you make a mistake. As long as you work hard, you put your heart in it. And most importantly, if you lose that ball, you work for your teammates, then you're going to do well. And that's confidence. Din Mo, what advice would you give to smaller players? Um, from someone that was smaller than average, I guess average, but smaller than average, um, fuel, man, fuel. You know, when I was in year seven, when I was 12, 13 years old, and uh, we'd have these Friday futsal sessions at lunchtime at school where we, where sometimes we'd play against the 14, 15, 16-year-olds. Me, that 12-year-old, I wanted to destroy that 15 year old that was bigger than me that had hair on his chin and my voice hadn't even broken yet. I, I wanted to get that ball off them. I wanted to prove that just because I was smaller, doesn't mean I'm worse. And listen, I don't know if that comes from, from something that you're kind of, you know, born with and, and you just grow up with because that's just your circumstances or that you can learn. But if you can learn it, then that's what I, that's what I recommend you to do is, is look at the players that are bigger, better, maybe stronger than you. You know, maybe they're not even better. Maybe they're just bigger and stronger. Don't, don't, don't be scared. Fight. Fight for it. 
don't be scared. And if you get knocked down, you get knocked down. But, you know, fighters are rewarded. People that never give up are rewarded. And don't be shy. Don't be timid. I promise you, if you go in there with aggression, you really go out there like a little mouse and you want to go, you want to go get that ball off that bigger gorilla opponent, then go try, go for it. Have that fighting mentality, you know, and just don't, do not let a bigger, stronger, taller player knock you over. Find it in you and think, yes, my name is, what was your name? Din, my name is Din Mo. And yes, I'm strong. I might get knocked down, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to fight. I'm going to do fist emoji and I'm going to go bomb. I don't care how big or strong you are. I can knock you down. Have that mentality, please. Nick, you have inspired me. Thank you. I hope, I hope, I hope this does inspire you. I play right now in the second under 17 team of my local club. I don't really like my team. Should I go to another team? Well, you have to really, you have to really figure out why you don't like your team. Is it one, you don't like the coach Two, you're not getting on with the players or three, you just haven't looked hard enough at yourself and think, well, actually you're just not at that standard. You're not good enough. You're not at that level. Uh, that you that the other players are and I don't know it's kind of not working so you, you got those two you got those three things usually I think the problems are the coach or you're just not getting along with the other players you know if that's so and you really feel in your heart that you need to change then go for it but if you are just using you know you don't like your team as an excuse to not you know to not work harder or to not fight for your place in your team then that's a mistake stay in your team and fight for your place. Um, but if there's, if you feel in your gut that no, it's just not a good feeling and you are working hard, then yeah, leave the team. That's it. Do taller people have a disadvantage compared to shorter people in the football world? No. I mean, that's a ridiculous question because you have Messi who's five foot seven, five foot eight, I think. And you have Peter Crouch who was almost seven foot. Um, football is a game for all, all sizes, all shapes. And that's the beauty of football is, is you don't have to be built like Usain Bolt um, to be a good footballer. You can be built like Luka Modric, kind of scrawny and not not real muscles on him, but a great football player. And you use those strengths and weaknesses to your, your advantage or your, or your disadvantage. You know what strengths you can play off because with Luka Modric, all right, best player in the world, by the way, he was voted best player in the world a, a year ago. Um He's not going to get in, you know, <laughs> he's not going to go up and mark a six foot five uh, attacker, is he? So that's just it. Yeah. And Brandau is tall, um, which is why he's, he's well placed as a center back or a striker because he can use that height to his advantage. Back to the other question, the um, GVB who asked that question, he said, uh, yeah, I'm not getting along with the other players. Well, if you're not getting along with the other players, See, here's the thing about football and about team sports is it's a team sport. And if you're not getting along with the players, you have to ask yourself, like, are you, are you, if you really look at yourself inside, right? And you think, okay, am I doing things here that I'm trying to be myself? 
I'm just trying to be myself and I'm trying to help the team. I'm genuinely trying to help the team and try and trying to put the team ahead of myself. And yeah, the team is just, maybe they don't like the way I look or there seems to be a mentality towards me where they don't like me, but I'm really trying to put the team first and, you know, I'm trying to be a role model and stuff like that. Then yeah, I would understand, leave, you know, leave the team. It might not be the right time for you, but if you're in that team and you think all the attention should be on you and you think the coach should treat you like a god and you think that you are by far the best player in the team because number one, you work the hardest, you show up on time at every training, you're the last to leave, you know, you're setting an example, you're a role model for the others, you're encouraging the other players and players like playing with you because you're encouraging them, you're being positive, you're being a positive force in the team. I mean, look at Cristiano Ronaldo. He was, um, you know, he's the best player in Portugal, best ever player for Portugal probably. And, um, you know, there's a lot of players right now in his team in the last 10 years, which have, have been nowhere near his level. But instead of get frustrated, Cristiano Ronaldo is always positive. He's encouraging them. That's one of the reasons why they, they got to the Euro finals in 2016 and won the European, uh, European cup, European competition. I, I have a feeling with the way that you ask that question that you're saying you're not getting along with the players, but if you really think about it, and I've been there myself, so I, I really, I really feel what you're saying there. I think that you really have to look at your yourself first before blaming your team, and that's where you can find the real gold to to improve and and become a better person as well. More often than not, it's you and not the team. And um, sometimes you just got to get over your ego. Sometimes you got to just say, okay, I, I I'm taking the L. I'm taking the loss here. Yep. I have actually been pretty arrogant towards my teammates and I'm not, you know, looking in the eye when I shake their hand, when I come in the dressing room, I'm not being a positive guy. I'm just kind of actually moping and being frustrated and thinking I'm the best. And yeah, it's not working out for me. And that's not a good attitude to have. If you flip it and you be positive, you can, it's a different thing, different game. Who is my inspiration? <laughs> wow. Donald Trump. I mean, this... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> regardless of the any political views you have, though, um, I think Donald Trump is is still um, someone that, well, for is incredibly ambitious and can almost create his, the own world that he wants to create. I found that inspiring, but no, on the political political side, no. But who who really inspires me? Cristiano Ronaldo, for sure. I think this this is the hardest working man in, in all of football history. The way you see him prepare his body, the way he works, the way he still does from for the last 15 years, I think it's just incredibly inspiring. Tyson Fury won that fight against Deontay Wilder last night. I think that's incredibly inspiring, considering that Tyson Fury was on the brink of basically ending his life. I mean, this guy was suicidal. This guy was at the end of the road, but he found that strength within himself. He made no excuses and, and look at him now. He's now almost being heralded as, um, as one fight away from being immortal, of being one of the best boxers to ever live. Now, two, three years ago, he was on the brink of, he was at rock bottom. So that's inspiring. Um, really for me, anyone that inspires me is someone who, I look at and I just see them work their ass off, make no excuses, 
and most importantly, be a good guy and be humble about it. And Tyson Fury, Cristiano Ronaldo, um, for me, they're just two examples of guys who do that well. So that's who inspires me right now. Yeah. Let's ask, uh, let's go, uh, let's go, let's go, let's go. Hey, let's go, let's go. So let's, let's answer another question. <laughs> I love this question. All right, here we go. Is the saying no risk, no reward really true? Let me repeat that one more time. It says, is the saying no risk, no reward really true? Because if you take risk and fail, you got a problem. <laughs> oh my God. Can you guys please comment, by the way, how old are you? Um, please, please put your ages there so I can just kind of get an understanding of who's in the room and uh, how I can answer this question appropriately. So please leave your ages. This is, this is a, a question that I know always lingers on, on people's minds, whether they're 18 or 88. Um, my parents that are, you know, in their 60s, 70s, even, they risk is a huge part of their life and the decisions that they make still. So risk is always something that's going to be in your life, no matter whether, you know, and it's going to, whether you're 15 or 25 or 35 or 85, there's, there's always going to be a debate between risk and reward. And this is my take on this for the people who are coming from their ages. Now I have a 13, 16, 16, 15, 13. All right. So, wow. Everyone's like under 18. That's crazy. All right. Wow. We have a really young demographic. All right. You're under 18. Bro, take as much risk as you possibly can. Take a risk every single day. Ask, ask that girl you want to ask out. Ask that guy you want to ask out if you're a girl or, you know, or you are a girl and you're thinking that way. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, in all seriousness, take a risk every single day. You're, you're under 18 years old. Oh, man, like it fires. It just oh, take risk. You have nothing to lose. What do you have to lose? Falling in your face, getting rejected. You have absolutely nothing to lose. You're 16 and you're scared about going to the tryout with the higher team because you're, you're scared that you'll fail. Who cares if you fail? Otherwise you'd be thinking all this, all the time, the next six months, oh, I should have gone try out with that team that was in that better league. I should have just gone try out with them because now I'm in this other team and like, I'm always thinking about the next tryout and blah, 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 blah. Hold it. Stop thinking guys. Stop overthinking. When you're 15, 16, 17, God, when you're any age, just go out there and do, go out there and try things because you never want to be older and regretting. And I get this question. I get this question a lot, especially from Asian parent kids, kids with Asian parents, Flavio. It's a big thing. The, the kids with Asian parents, they all talk about, uh, you know, um, Bobby, we want you to focus on your education and become a doctor. I say, cool. You need to respect what your parents want to do for you because, or what, what, what your parents are aiming for you because, you know, they made you and they have certain ambitions for you and stuff. But listen, Bobby, it's your own life and you got your own decisions you want to make. And if you really don't want to become a doctor, 
don't become a doctor, do what makes you happy. And on that, I know that's very hard as a, as a 15 year old to, th- to think that way, but you know, at least with this podcast, I can try and get you guys thinking just a slightly different way to think, yes, you, you need to respect what your parents want for you, but at the same time, you need to do the, you want to try the things that, that you think will lead to long-term happiness. All right. I'm not saying when your parents say don't do drugs to go do drugs. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying if your t- parents are telling you that, that, that you, know, go need, you need to go be a doctor and you really don't care, you really don't have any enthusiasm for medicine at all, that's probably not a wise choice because when you're 28 years old and you just became a doctor and you study the last 10 years, 15 years to become a doctor, you're probably still going to be pissed at your parents. And when you go out for dinner with your parents and you know that it's Sunday night, what's the time right now? It's Sunday night at 7.35 p.m. and you just finished dinner with your parents and you know you got to go in, your, in work on Monday as a doctor and you know it's well paid and everything. And then, and like, yeah, like you're a doctor and people look up to you, but inside you really hate going to that job. But you do it because, well, people look at you as a doctor and your parents, it makes your parents happy. But you inside just kind of, you're not really feeling it. So that's why you're going to try. If you are Bobby and your parents are pushing you to be a doctor, you got to try be a footballer. you got to try be a musician. you got to try, you know, do that one class that doesn't make sense at all, like that drama class. But you really want to try drama because it, you like watching Stranger Things and you like how those kids act. So you want to try acting. Like try everything. And then you'll be happy inside. And maybe after you try everything, you actually realize that actually you really like helping people. Um, you really you really like treating injuries because you you chased your football dream and you're really close to making it, but then you got injured with a serious knee injury and then you treated yourself with this knee injury and you realized how bad it was, bad knee injuries were. were and now you want to help people that have knee injuries. So you don't want to become a doctor, but you do want to become a physiotherapist or a knee surgeon or something. I mean, like, that's why I just got to chase what you want. It's really simple as that, you know? I'm going to take one more question, guys. We're going to, go, we're going to call it a day for today's um, Q&A podcast. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> um, this one keeps getting asked. This is a great question. Um, You guys might have seen a video from uh, a guy called Ralph that we had here. And the video was called He Trains Eight Hours a Day. Let me let me clarify that. Um, I'm getting I'm getting a question from Nalo. He says, is your body able to train for eight hours a day? I want to get your your guys responses on this. Is your body able to train eight hours a day? Is your body able to train out eight hours a day? Yes. Um, if you guys know what an Ironman is, an Ironman is a marathon, uh, I I believe a three kilometer swim, swimming, a marathon, a three kilometer swim, and I think a 160 kilometer bike ride. That's the race. That's, that's an Ironman. And it takes anywhere from 12 to 24 hours to complete an Ironman. Uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix the other day. Uh, it was called, not the other day, a few months ago, uh, but it was called uh, The Iron Cowboy. 
Now, this is a great documentary to watch for anybody that wants to learn or build mental resilience. Fantastic documentary. It's about a guy who does an Ironman, which is that three kilometer swim, 160 kilometer bike ride, 42 kilometer run. He does that every day, every single day for 50 days in a row. And not only that, he does it in 50 different states in America. So he's traveling the way through too. He's on his feet. He's working, exercising 16 hours a day for 50 days in a row. Now that documentary is crazy. I really recommend you guys watch it. Um, if you do watch it, send me a DM at Nick Humph, uh, to give me your thoughts on it. But is it possible to train eight hours a day? Yes, it is. Is it effective? It depends. It depends. Um, in preseason, let's say you're playing for Manchester United and it's preseason. Okay. It's your, your third day in preseason at Manchester United. You were the first team. Uh, most of those players are training three times a day. <clears throat> now that's about anywhere from four to, you know, six hours of, of being on their feet, um, of, of practicing, of, of exercising. Um, and those guys are doing that a lot during preseason, those three times a day. So you look at it like that. Yes. That kind of training is effective. They're preparing their bodies. Um, so can you do it too? Yes, you can, but only if you manage it correctly, only if you're not going all out those, those three, four sessions that you do in a day, you know, only if you put learning into it in terms of not just physically and not just technically what you're learning with the, the ball and, and running and everything like that, but actually mentally here as well is doing that mental training, doing that meditation, doing that visualization, um, doing that video analysis, really tactically analyzing. If you do those kind of things too, you can consider that as part of your, your training, as part of your practice. And then, you know, if you're doing three hours of mental and tactical training a day, and then five hours of actually physically being, being on your feet, is it possible? Yeah. Can it be effective? Yeah. But only if you then do eight hours of proper recovery, of properly, proper rest, proper eating, of proper water, hydration, um, making sure you have enough vitamins, enough minerals, enough things in your diet, enough calories that you're consuming. Um, and you're doing that, that eight hours you're not practicing. And then obviously sleeping at least the very least a full eight hours a night. Then, um, then yeah, I think that's how you could train eight hours do it effectively and have enough rest still. But would I recommend it? I think it can work for a couple of weeks, but it's definitely not a long-term solution. It just all depends on how motivated you are, what time is, what time it is in the season. And if you can have a lot of low intensity things, which might just be technique, repetition, 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 yeah, but you got to be really motivated to be able to train eight hours a day. And with Ralph in that video, he wanted to lose a lot of weight. Um, he was so determined, so motivated. And yeah, 
he would he would go out there and, and train all those hours until he lost all that weight and then um he 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 cut down to just maintain but wow he did a lot it's good <laughs> i mean on on the counter here one muhis saying one hour a day is here we go. One hour is enough a day if you put 200%. If you want to go pro, you want to, you need to work smart and then hard. Yes, you do need to work very, very hard. You do need to work smart as well. But there's plenty of players out there that are working hard and they're working smart. So if they're working hard and working smart, what about you? You know, and they might be working hard and smart but they've already got their 10,000 hours because they're Harry Kane and they're playing at the top level and they've been playing three hours a day since they're five years old. Um, you might be 15 years old and you just started. So, you know, th there's differences in that too. And you've got, you've got to balance it up and you've got to weigh it out and, and see. All right, guys, um, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I hope this helps a lot. I love doing these. Um, I'm going to, I'm giving a big shout out, by the way, to everyone who's here, Raphael Wentz. Hello, Bobby Bright, Patrick, just give me, I'm going to give a lift of shout outs. Cause I, I thank you effective fan for being here. I love that. Um, Flo, how's it going guys? Thank you. Um, one thing, if you guys want to learn a bit more, um, maybe you liked things, all I said, things that I just said. I really recommend you guys to download a new book that I created. It's about 30 pages long, but it basically documents how I got from amateur to pro level player in 24 months. Now I'm not saying that everyone should go out there and try and be a professional player, but I, I do believe, I do really believe in, in improvement. I do believe in, any player out there or person with a goal, I just, I just believe in that. I believe in improvement. I believe in always striving for higher. I just, I just love that. So I feel like if you read this guy that I created, you can find it at blog.traineffective.com. That's a blog. That's a train effective blog, blog.traineffective.com. And in the sidebar of the blog or somewhere in that blog, you'll see, 24 months to, uh, to pro level guide. And it's that 30 page guide. It's a free download. And, um, if you just, uh, enter your email, you'll, you'll get the guide straight away. It's like a PDF. And if you read that before you go to bed or read that over the week, you know, on, on your way to school or on your, from your way back to school or to work or whatever, uh, you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it and, um, it's going to help a lot. So yeah, that's just it. That's just it. But um, otherwise, guys, from me, peace. You guys know just to say one thing, and that is stay effective. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next time. Peace.